The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Hello and welcome back to the Dropback Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis and joined today by Matt Burns Peak. How are you doing, Matt? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. How's it going? Yeah, it's, it's going pretty well. I mean, we've got an actual lot to talk about. Not only are there big games, but news. News. I mean, I guess we should kick it off with the biggest news of the week, that Sean Payton, no longer head coach See of the New Orleans Saints, has retired, but also said that he may not be done with coaching. That's a weird one. That is a weird one. I was really, I was quite surprised at this. I don't know. I don't know if the retirement or you. the fact that he said he wasn't done. Uh, both, really. Like <laughs> to be honest, Wait, how could both you be surprised? They be- fly the face of each other. Because right? one, I didn't think that he was going to retire. Yes, that was the first sort of felt like a bit of a bow out. But I don't know if other people were expecting this or people that were, that are closer to the Saints fan base. Where well, Alex seemed pretty shocked as well. Yeah, Alex. Despondent Alex is the word as well. I would use. Wasn't a happy bunny, was he? No, so I mean, so please. firstly, that was quite shocking, and then. You, you, the, the assumption is, you know, if someone, someone retires, you don't really assume they're done, 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 done. Um, it, it seems like, you know, that Sean Payton, for me, is quite synonymous with that Saints head coaching role at the moment. I can't really imagine him coaching anybody else. Well, yeah, I'm saying Bar Belichick, is, was he the longest? I mean, we probably should have done some sort of... Pete Carroll, surely. Mm-mm. No, because Sean Payton was there since 2006. I think, then, yeah, must I don't be. think it's um, be, Carol because he was definitely at USC more recently than that. Yeah, Carol was what twenty eleven something like that. Won the Super Bowl in twenty eleven, did they? I thought it was twenty twelve. Twenty. I don't know. Who can tell you? I'm sure. I'm sure AC Hawks fan will DM us and correct us, aren't they? All over the place, everywhere. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So Sean Payton. I mean, the rumors are basically that he's going to be Dallas Cowboys coach at some point anyway. Mm. So. <laughs> I mean, those are rumours when he was a coach. Now he's, now he's a free... somewhat retired. And coaches don't seem to stay retired once they retire. They're usually forced out before they jump. <laughs> this is a rarity that someone leaves at the top of their game. Because he is one of, of their most, own accord, yeah. One of the most revered coaches in the league. Or that was in the league, I suppose we should say now. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think... I mean, if you're a Saints fan, I think this is devastating news. As case in point with Alex's reaction. Because of how many questions it raises for that that whole roster like he's been able to eke out results with Taysom Hill um James Winston before he got injured like it kind of begs the question now where does this leave the Saints now that they've taken they've lost arguably their biggest asset which was their ability to you know game manage and be able to come up with you know specific plans for their opposition because they had a great head coach now that he's out of town the Saints could be in a bit of trouble here yeah, I mean, he's definitely got the most out of that roster, that mm. lot, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the rumours basically appears that they're going to bring in-house Dennis Allen to be, who was interviewing for head coaching jobs around the league. I wonder yeah. if that's why Sean Payton decided the time is right. Maybe if he was on the edge anyway, and he's like, right, do we want to keep Dennis Allen in New Orleans or are we going to lose both of us in like successive seasons? Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe, like you said, maybe it's a case of if, if Dennis Allen doesn't end up getting the head coaching job for the Saints this season because, like we said, Peyton's gone, then he he ends up being head coach somewhere else, most likely, right? So maybe it's uh, maybe it's it's more amicable than amicable than it seems in that respect. In in terms of maybe there's been a conversation with Peyton and the hierarchy in New Orleans in terms of look, you know, I I want a fresh start. I'd want to either you know not be coaching 
at full stop or I want to break and, and to coach someone else. Yeah. We've got Dennis Allen. No, the, the, the clock is very much ticking for him getting his head coaching role. It's going to be sooner rather than later. Is it best for all parties if I go now and we've got some continuity with Allen? Yeah, it would be interesting to see what happens if he does take a year out besides, oh, you know what, I kind of missed the game. Because he's not like especially old for a no, coach. He's not old, though, is he? I mean, if you're looking at the new head coaches coming in in the last four or five years, and yeah, he's fucking ancient, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's because they're all children. They are all children. Uh, but, yeah, so maybe it'd be interesting to see what the compensation reach that someone's going to have to pay the Saints to bring him back. Like, is that going to be a first-round pick? Is that going to be Oof, a yeah. player involved in a trade? I'd like to see a player for coach trade. That would be an that interesting would be to see cool, how, we, how we value them. Yeah. How does... How, what, is the, what is the player value of a, of a Sean Payton or a coach like that who is one of the best minds in the game? I mean, at least at first, right? Surely. Yeah. Surely it's got to be a first. And if they're a player... If they're a... Coach, can you offer, like, to buy out their contract? Can you do it like a football Premier League transfer style? Does it have to be in terms of trade? Like, can you give them money and they, like, quietly agree to let Sean Payton coach somewhere else? I don't know. Are we getting in the the backhanded wheeler-dealer part of the NFL here? There is a dark wheeler-dealer corridor of the NFL. No, we're not going to get into that now. In terms of head coach, I think everyone would be surprised if it isn't Dennis Allen. Yeah, I mean, it is... Like I said, that's the only thing I can really think of. And um, they did bring in Byron Lefwich for an interview, but I think that's partially just to nibs the bucks because it's just such a petty division down yeah, there in the NFC nice, South. It's a nice little shithouse move more than anything, I feel, in that respect. I, I don't know if... Yeah, I doubt I doubt we'd actually see Brian Lefwich coaching, uh, coaching no. in Orleans. But It does look like Lefwich may be on the cusp of joining the Jacksonville Jaguars. Rumours started early in the week, yet to be confirmed. It looks like there's a... Bit of a stalemate between him and the man that forced half of Jacksonville to dress as clowns, Trent Bulky. Wonder who's going to win that. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird one. We, we were speaking about this off off air. Um, I quite that you know we both quite like that from Bro from uh, Leftwich in terms of like I will be your new head coach, but I'm going to get all the fans on board straight yeah. away by basically getting rid of the most unpopular man in town. Um, but also, you know, he's the decision maker, right? Like, yeah, but it, it puts him in a position of power, though, as well. If Leftwich comes in and being like, look, I want to be part of this, but I want to choose my own GM, it, he doesn't have to answer to Bulky. And it also is such, it usually works so much better when a GM and a head coach arrive at the same time in tandem, like they've done the interview process together, mm. that they're on the same page rather than one hiring the other. Because then it just seems, right, the GM hired the head coach, so the GM is hired, is fired first, and the head coach gets the be part of the process as the new GM and then the head coach is then fight. But like when they're on the same page, it usually works yeah, a lot Yeah, exactly. Better. Otherwise, it just gets a bit messy, especially with how much things change in the NFL year on year. Um, I, yeah, I very much agree with that. You kind of need a GM and head coach tandem that mm. know each other, have the same sort of ideals in terms of how they want to build a roster and build a team. Otherwise, you just end up with these... Like, well, that's what happened if you look at Philly. Like, it was mm. clear that, that, that Howie Roseman was on one in power, and then he won that. Then there's a power struggle between him and Doug Peterson. Mm. A couple of years after the Super Bowl, Roseman wins, Peterson's out of town. And then you compare it to the 49ers, who um, GM head coach, most of the time, seems to be on the same page. Yeah. Quite a good relationship there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know... What, I don't know what happened with that one, to be honest. I think if you're a Jacksonville fan, you're very excited at the the possibility of, of Brian Leftwich. I think him and Biennemi have been two of the names in the last couple of years, really, where it's like, all right, they're, they're going to get head coach At some jobs. point, it's, ba- it's like, bound to happen. Surely. Um, so that would be that would be a really cool move to see. Um, Should we talk about the ones that have already been hired? Let's do it. Let's all right. Do it. First up, number one, and I, I don't know if the Denver Broncos have hired Packers OC, 
Nathaniel Hackett just to push them on the narrative with Aaron Rodgers to yeah. Denver. But I actually ref- I'm I refuse no. to talk about that narrative. No. Between now and when, whatever decision is made, I'm no longer speculating on Aaron Rodgers. Not and play. I can't be bothered with it. It's it's, it's like <laughs> how much of last, how much of last season, last off season, did we spend thinking about? Oh, where's Aaron Rodgers going to go? But no, Nathaniel Hackett in a vacuum. Interesting, an interesting signing. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that they've gone with an offensive mind mm. um, or an offensive hire for for the head coaching role. I think their defense in in Denver has been decent. For a, a, a while now, I feel like as you expect they, from Vic Fangio defense. Yeah, um, like they've kind of got that side side of the roster and that side of the ball mm. pretty steady now. They're, but what's been holding them back for a while is they've got all these talented, skilled position players, and they've just got diddly squat a quarterback. No one can throw the footy. Um, so I mean, I I think they've they're in a position where they've got to roll the dice and go with a, a different offensive thinker see if they if they can have a better go at either remodeling the offense around what drew luck is capable of which is heaving it heaving it exactly um because he does have a good arm and it's it's just annoying that you like i don't think a lot of people expected drew luck to come in and light the world on fire but when you give him such a stale offense yeah like it's just such a vanilla bland not a whole lot going on like what what do you expect a pretty raw quarterback to achieve in there yeah, you've got to be. You've got to at least give them some playbook to work with in terms of you know because if it's if it's to the same bog standard beige stuff, then for a defense it's like okay, well we know this quarterback's fairly limited anyway, and you know hasn't been able to find his feet yet because he's quite young, so he's going to make rookie mistakes on top of that, and they're not giving any him any plays that actually suit what he's good at, mm. and allow and make us have to play honest in terms of the back end and stuff like that. So it's 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 a dream come true for a defense. So I think they yeah. From that perspective, I completely understand why they've gone with an OC as the new, as their new head coach. Um, I always find it strange when you hire OCs from under a play-calling head coach from the offensive side of the ball. That's true. That's I mean, true. There is the part apparently he plays a big role in the designing of all the red zone game. Okay. Which I mean is a plus. I yeah. mean, obviously he's got a lot of responsibility still. He is the OC, but if he hasn't been the play caller there, and right, he's been immense. But it is a Matt Lafleur offense. It's a Matt Lafleur offense, and it is you know, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers as well. Like so, to an extent, there 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 will be question marks from Denver fans, but also fans all over the league about how much credit can you give Nathaniel Hackett for how good the the Packers' offense has been at times this season. Yeah. Um. I mean, he definitely deserves some, but like you said, you you've never really seen him outside that situation where he's got a head coach that is the majority play caller and you. Know, really has molded that offense in his image and his ideas mm. and then you've got one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time yeah. so you know that is a very diff- that's a very different yeah, I think he was, was also the OC in Jacksonville but that was when Blake Bortles was there and it's well, the he, well he probably doesn't like... want to talk about that <laughs> but I, am, I imagine not no. I don't think that will come up doesn't. in the interview to be honest <laughs> no, it's like, it's like you see this little um, three year period here let's just, let's just ignore that look what I've done with Aaron and Matt Lafleur. exactly it's one of those where you, where you do in your CV and you're like oh what experience I put on there and this is like how I leave out all the jobs that went into administration when I was working there exactly that you're a serial administrator but um <laughs> but yeah I think I think his CV you make is it sound like a like stock check Cheerios or something. <laughs> yeah um but yeah I think his CV is all dead, dead uh green bay OC I see this little just, underline under it yeah in reference Blake Bortles yeah you've got to have two references <laughs> oh god yeah he's like damn it 
Right, and continuing the trend with going for a new head coach that you've done the opposite side of the ball from your previous one because that's what everyone does. Because obviously mm. the only issue was there was that we had an offensive head coach. So when now actually we need a defensive, defensive one. one. So um, Indianapolis Colts DC, Matt Eberflus. Eberflus? New Chicago head coach. And I mean, he'll get a lot of goodwill from not being Matt Nagy. I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. I, I mean, in terms of head coaches, good starting points. It's just like we really hated the last guy and you're not him. So, yeah. I think the thing with Eberflus, from what I can gather, is that he's quite a good, like, player's coach. Right. Like, he's, he plays a lot of... Like, he's got his guys running hard. Like, if you look at the Colts on their defense, like, how quickly they're running to the ball and... That is like, true, too. ...hit hard yeah. and they're always playing high intensity. So, that's a good side of it. I don't know how much of it involvement he'll have in that play calling and all that because it's not the most adventurous of scheme not particularly blitz have it heavy not really even a lot of like um like this whole new quarters trend that yeah. half the league seems to be doing now so i don't know either and they've not exactly the indianapolis Colts have not exactly been one of the most dominant defenses over the last few years they've not been bad but they've not been like right i want the guy that runs that defense yeah no i think that's a fair point it's going to be interesting to see if this is a move for chicago as well to sort of go back to the old mold that they used to build teams around in terms of, you know, making them tough to beat defensively and having enough offense to get by. Um, it'd be interesting to see as well what, what happens on the offensive side of the ball now. I mean, you've got Justin Fields, you've got a few, a couple of playmakers on that side. It's mm. still not massively awe-inspiring, but also you get rid of, like I said, Matt Nagy, who was just it just felt like he was awful in even when he was, wasn't doing anything ro- particularly yeah, even wrong when just his wrong, presence the, the, the team and the city had just turned up by that yeah, point and, it, and when you have that situation it's just bad for everyone like no matter what happens on the field basically the fans minds made up and mm. you know they don't want him there he's aware of that the players pretty it must be an there. awful situation to be in though doesn't it? like yeah. you can say look you haven't done your job but to be around a city an entire city that is in literally an entire as, city yeah as Chicago is, and then it's like, look, we don't, we don't want you here. It must be just crushing because, like, you can't, just, mm. you don't want to just quit. Yeah, you want to be, you want to, you still want to do your job. You still want to be a success. So it must have been quite tough for him. But in, on the other hand, he did very much make his bed and lie in it. I feel with certain decisions um, and just general being very uninspiring bloke. Um, That's the thing. He, he was uninspiring, but then again, he was coach of the year, and it's not like. Matt Eberflus, like as a Dolphins fan, are you gutted that he's off the market now? No, I didn't. Even, I, honestly, until that got announced, I was wasn't Unaware entirely was sure who he was um, until I googled him, and then I was like, oh, that's the Colts DC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, then again, though, um, Nick Sirianni under the yeah, radar signing. That's true. O- only, he's been really good. He- only head coach that took his team to the playoffs this year um, with a team that's actually not a great roster. It's like it's the type of team that's like people expect to go four and. I'm trying to figure out how many games there are this year. Four and 13? Ooh, yeah. is, that, is that how it would be, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, nice. <laughs> just natural to go four and 12. Yeah. And then, I mean, let's stay on the Philadelphia side of the ball. Like, Doug Peterson was slammed when he was announced. Yeah. Won, two, won a Super Bowl in two years. And granted, he's now out, but the point is, when he was there, very successful. It's more, yeah, I think, and especially the recent trend has been like, you don't necessarily need a, like, massive big-name coach for it to be for it to be a successful hire like you can get those guys who are like just good culture guys a good fit with the roster and the, and the players that you have in the locker room i mean when brian flores got announced it wasn't like a oh my god brian flores because like, everyone knows that he's not the guy that does the defensive um coordinating really mm. in 
Like, you may call some plays, but at the end of the day, Belichick is Belichick's, Belichick's defense. defense. Exactly. But he turned out, I mean, turned out to be a really good hire for those two seasons. And then because our owner doesn't actually watch games and is completely in the pocket of Chris Greer, he's out of a job. But, it, you know, it, you can find success with those guys who aren't necessarily the big names on the market for for uh, head coaching roles. Okay. As a fan of a team that is still looking for their head coach, who would you say is the best name left on the market then? Um... Not sure either the, the best name has come off the board yet. I mean, Baron Leftwich probably up there. Baron Leftwich, Eric Bieniemy's always going to got to be there. I mean, it's surely got to be this Dan year. Dan Quinn as well has announced that he's staying in Dallas he's for staying another year. Dallas, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't... I'm not in thrill. I mean, he, he reached the Super Bowl. I mean, True. granted it was with... What do you call him? Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan. As, the o, as the OC. But, yeah. but they had a decent defense. They weren't bad. And then just the drafting was off. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much... You can hold Dan Quinn necessarily accountable to that. But again, it's like, it again, thinking of the mold of how teams typically do it, like they'll have a defensive guy and then if they're firing a defensive guy, they'll probably hire an offensive guy because that's the problem side of the ball. And all the clamour around the Dolphins in terms of media has been that internally they're quite happy with the defensive side of the ball in general. They want to keep most of the defensive staff that are currently there in place. So it really was just a, he's ruffling too many feathers kind of He's ruffling too many feathers and also... Um, you know, the power struggle between him and Chris Greer, which Chris Greer managed to win. And Dable then? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be an offensive guy for, for Miami. I'm 100% certain it's going to be an offensive guy, which is why I'm naturally sort of edging towards Eric Bieniemy. but I don't want to sell myself on that dream right now. Kellen Moore couldn't, might not be a bad one as well. Yeah. He was, he, we were quite heavily linked with him previously. Um, I don't know, someone like that. What I, if I, as a Miami fan... The main thing I want is a creative offensive thinker. Yeah. Um, the issue is, though, I feel like you can get those creative offensive thinkers and then not necessarily have to be head coaches. Yeah, true. Like, this may be harsh, but I feel... I don't I don't look at Callum Moore, and I'm happy to be wrong here. I quite like to be, but he doesn't like strike me as a the head sort coach of type. leader of men kind yeah. of guy. And maybe you don't need to be a leader of men in the traditional ways, but he's not... I don't know. I've got, you've got to question how motivating he is because he, he just looks like he's happy to go there, design his fun plays and get people to run him. Yeah, that is true. And like, I mean, you, you there are a lot of very talented coordinators in the, in the NFL who are just not never going to be head coaches. They're just not that type of person. I mean, look at Vic, Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio clearly struggled as a head coach because mm. he's too preoccupied, for better or worse, with the defensive side of the ball. Same thing happened to Mike Zimmer. I would yeah. take... Either of those, like I would like Jonathan Gannon to be the next head coach of any team, so that we can get one of those two in. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, when you get your mates and the, you do, you do tend to see coordinators and staff sort of move around in, in their little bunches. Yeah, um, well, Jonathan Gannon's the Eagles DC, and he's just, oh, mate, he's just spot drop central over there. <laughs> I can't, ha I can't hack it. <laughs> if Stan was here, he'd go on a run about spot dropping for the next he twenty would. minutes, but oh, unfortunately, he's training tonight. So, indeed. Alas. All right. Um, should we get into the weekend's games? Let's do it. All right. Um, the first game up is the Chiefs against the Bengals. Chiefs obviously coming off the howitzer. howitzer of a game on Sunday night. Sunday night, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could get into it, but I think the point is that we... It's now Friday. I mean, Saturday by the time that we... Cause, so if you haven't heard anything about this game, then... Where I mean, have you been? I, I think shame on you. I don't know how you've managed to find this on a Saturday being the I first mean, when point he, of contact. Exactly. BBC Sport are doing bloody articles on it. Like that's like every everyone's <laughs> everyone saw this. Everyone's game. having a go. Yeah. I mean the only thing is, I will ask you a question. Would you change the overtime rules if it was up to you? 
No, I don't yeah. think I would yeah, because and I'm I'm kind of biased in this respect because you know being someone that's more interested in, in the defensive side of football in general and having played on the defensive side of football, the main thing for me is just like if your defense cannot hold an offense out of the end zone for one possession, you kind of don't. If it boil, if that's what it boils down to. You kind of can't complain if you then lose the game. And it's not like it was a lucky play at the end. It was like, first of all, that was, it was bad defense to let Kelsey get exactly. that open. I mean, there's been reports coming out that he ran his own route. But the point is, you they have a timeout left and you're just out there covering the sideline. No one jamming him at the point of release. Well, that's the thing as well. They, they, didn't, have any, they didn't have anyone wide out there in the, in the, in the formation that they stacked up. In. So they, the corner didn't need to be that far out. Like, I get you've got to protect the sideline, yada, yada, yada. You don't yada. need to protect the sideline. They've still got timeouts. Because mm-hmm. the point of the sideline is when they're driving down the field, don't have timeouts left, so they're going to go quick outbreakers to try and yeah. stop the clock. I mean, I, I don't know if it was a dumb play, as in a dumb play call, or if it was a dumb play by that individual, the individual um, yes. corner of safety, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Levi Wallace, it a bit of a yeah, game, been... which is a shame because he had a really good season. Actually. Yeah, exactly, that's true. Um, but yeah, but in going back to the overtime thing, I just, it, I, I get why people think that it currently sucks, because especially when you've just watched that game where two, neither quarterback deserved to lose that game. Like yeah. Josh Allen played out of his skin, Patrick Rose played out of his skin, but both defenses deserve to lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Which is, you know, why people are angry about it. But <coughs> excuse me. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of feel like otherwise it will just go on forever, won't it? Like if you're like, oh, yeah. each team has to have a possession, and like if both defenses are just conceding points every single time, then there's no point having overtime because you're basically yeah. the same situation as with normal time. Like everyone's yeah. leaking. And I, and I get it as well when it's in the context of this game, but how many games do we see that end in ties that are just like, why do you want to watch any more of this? No. Just like, like you don't want to go to the point where it's like going to college rules where it's, what, from the, from the 20-yard line is it in college, yeah. I think? Or even if you do, the, some ideas have been thrown out, right, have a two-point um, contest off. But what if you've got two really shit offences and you have to watch that again and again throughout the middle exactly. of the season? It's only because it was two great quarterbacks playing really well that people have in it was in the primetime game, people have an issue. How many games are there throughout the years that are like, I don't want to watch any more of this. Go down, get a lucky touchdown, and we're done. We can get out yeah, of it. Yeah, and then we can, we can all pretend that we had to sit through it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I personally wouldn't change it. I, I, I would agree. This is... Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it... The, you can say it's annoying and unfortunate for Josh Allen, the Bills sure. offense, all you want without th- without saying, yeah, we need to change the rules. Because I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough loss if you're a Bills fan if in a bit, and if you're Josh Allen, it's a really tough loss to take. But there's a lot of positives to take from it in terms of, you know, look how good Josh Allen has been. Not just this mm-hmm. season, last season as well, but that progression. And Do you reckon they can convince Dayball to stay another year? And Leslie Fraser. That's the thing, if they lose <clears> both <throat> their coordinators this year, it almost seems like, right, we go, go in... We've got a team ready now. This is the year, and they so almost did it. Yeah, and and that's why it's so tough in the NFL because when you have success, people start to you know, nick your best players, and, and it go filters up to nicking the coordinators as well. Like I know uh, Dable's been linked heavily with Miami job and other jobs already, um, and you kind of got to say they deserve that shot. It's hundred percent. It's whether, like I said, they can convince him and. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like if I'm them, and you know, people have different ambitions that they want to do in their coaching careers, what, yada yada yada. But if I'm in that situation, and I'm like, okay, this is how close we've got to being legitimate Super Bowl contenders, mm. maybe even winners. I know with a few adjustments, this roster can be there again. I kind of want to stay. I, I'm I'm happy not having that head coach. Like you know, Dable's not. 
you know, it's not like he's he's got one more season and he's going to retire from coaching. Like he yeah. he can go and and finish the business with the Bills and then be like, right now I'm ready to do my own thing. Yeah. So that that it's it just depends if that's how they were feeling last off season. Yeah. Because I imagine it's a similar conversation they would have had with themselves. Like Dave Ball was interviewing jobs then. Yeah, and and that's the problem you you, you get when you've had coordinators who have been you know, done good jobs for and a bought while. in again. Yeah. They were like everyone right. Let's all get together. We'll revamp. We'll go again. We buy. We'll buy in. And now it's that second year. It's like, right, how do we know we're not going to be in the same situation next time as well? But I think the fact that it was such a close loss almost works in your favour there. Like, if you if yes. you rock up to Kansas City and get absolutely blown out and it's like, you know, 40, 40 to 10 or something, then you're like, okay, this team's miles Which off. Which sort of happened last year. Like, last yeah. year they rocked up, played a style of football that they hadn't been playing and just got, got beaten punished, easy. Yeah. 100%. Whereas this, this time it was really, really, really close and could have... Look, like I said, it literally could have gone down to who won the coin toss on that. So it, did. it makes it a much easier sell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, should we talk about this game? Let's do it. So Bengals won week 17? Yes. I don't think it was the last game of the season, but it was... It was towards the end of the season. Towards the end of the season. 16. Pat Mahomes, though, on that Chiefs offense is looking like... It, it took till like the la- this last week. Mm. But oh, when they're playing like that, they are basically unstoppable. And... Pat Mahomes is four and one in the playoffs against teams that he lost to earlier in the season in his career. It's a madness. Also, how ridiculous is it? Like, is this Pat Mahomes' third season, fourth season, fourth surely? And this will what be his fourth AFC Championship game in a row? He's joke, isn't he? Really, it's unbelievable. If he wins this, he will be the same age that Brady did when he won his second Super Bowl. That's crazy. Um, and you know, partly. I mean, it's not not a controversial take by any stretch of imagination. Like how that Chiefs offense played last week for me makes them heavy favorites for this. Yeah. Like I like the Bengals a lot. I feel like they've they've taken massive steps forward this season that none of us. You know, that for me they're like two three years ahead of where I thought they'd be yeah. at this time. Um, I'm surprised they beat the Titans. Yeah. But but fully deserved to. Oh, hundred um, percent fully deservedly. So for them, but I just I feel like this is this is surely a step too far, right? Like that there are still lots of issues with that roster. Like the O line's still not good. That's a lingering yeah, issue. Got sat nine times. That's Which, like, how do you win a game and get sat nine? Like something has to be fit this off season. Yeah, it, it's inexcusable. Like that, and that defense has played well, but it you know it's played far above the sum of its parts in terms of you know it has there's not really any star power on that defense, and yeah. it's really commendable the production they've gotten out of it but that's what i mean there are bits on that roster where they're clearly like okay that's an easy win for improving and that will make a massive difference so i feel like if the Bengals are where, uh, where they are now currently like next season 100 percent it's a different story but i just feel like where the two rosters are at be curious to see what happens next year because you imagine the ravens will be healthy mm. You'd, you, i mean joe will certainly hope so the chargers you feel should address the defensive side of the ball in free agency in the draft and they should be hopefully healthy well, they were healthy this year. Yeah. And they look like Justin Herbert is electric. He's good. But, Real good. So what I'm saying is be, there should be more competition. Like, the amount... Bills are still... The amount of good young quarterbacks in the AFC yeah, in particular. That is true. It's like, like, that's five right there of them. It's almost like there is that sort of split as well. Like, if you look at the NFC, the top quarterbacks there is still like Rodgers, Brady... Wilson. Wilson. Like, it's the old guard. Yeah, still. exactly. Whereas on the AFC side... I mean, you've still got a few... Look on it. But imagine, it, I imagine it goes in peaks and flows like that, doesn't it? Because... Mm. If you're a conference that's got a lot of older quarterbacks, that's less teams that are picking quarterbacks in the draft. Because that's they've got, true. They've got yeah, their yeah, established yeah. guys. Whereas if you're chasing a quarterback, you're more likely to yeah. go after one. But it's cool. I mean, I, I think the AFC 
as a conference is super exciting at the moment with all those young quarterbacks um and, and Joe Burrows deserves a huge amount of credit for how he's played this season. Yeah. Um, especially coming coming back from the injury last year as well. Phenomenal. Like, like I don't think anyone expected Joe Burrow to be this good. No. And I mean came back from a bad injury last year, which was pretty much solely caused because they didn't invest properly in the O line. They go out and do exactly the same thing. It's like, okay, your mm. your knee is now functioning, but we're still gonna let you be blocked by Right, he takes too many hits. The same the same Far level too many of player. Hits. It's not nice to watch at times. No, exactly. It'll be interesting this matchup because we know Spags deep down loves to loves to blitz. He loves to blitz. But you can't not give these Chiefs cornerbacks help over the top when you're against T. Higgins and or Jamar, Jamar Chase will just do the, he'll do that one route where he just runs past the the DB and it's like for for. 10 do you seconds. Want to, do you want to stop him on or now? Nah? It's like, you're just, you're just, he's just gone past you. So we'll be interested to see if the Chiefs can remain patient enough to keep two guys high, protect mm. both their corners, who were fine, yeah. but did get exposed a little. Like, Jamar Chase fucking went off in that last game. Like, yeah. over 200 yards receiving, like, Big plus 10 receptions against the Chiefs last time out. So keep those guys high, play over the top, and will that force the Bengals to play a bit more quick game stuff? Yeah, that's a good question. Which would be interesting to see how they do I mean Jamar Chase is still an absolute weapon after the catch yeah he, I mean I, I, I think there's almost no way that Jamar Chase doesn't play a huge factor in this game in terms of like I think he's going to end up with over 100 yards and a touchdown probably do you reckon yeah um, but I, I just feel like the Chiefs are going to as a as a team in as a whole they're going to have too much for for, um, for the Bengals that's the thing as well they can score so and I Pat Mahomes that was the one of the first games as well we've seen is like, okay, teams are playing um, cautiously against him. But he was just so good at just like, right, he's the open guy, he's the open guy, just mm. articulating the ball downfield. And then when an opportunity comes, bang. you not Showed you're... much better patience. I mean, how, especially the first half of the season where he was getting loads of those two high looks mm. and he was almost getting frustrated because he's so used to just being able to play the deep ball mm. most most sort of route combinations. I mean, to be fair, if you've got Tyreek Hill and, you, yeah. and they're not going, it's like, why would... And you've got the odds <laughs> so to what, just chuck it 80 yeah, yards. What's, what's going on? Why, why can't I not just do that? Um, and he was making those dumb mistakes but purely from a sense of frustration and sort of getting tired of waiting for it to actually be on. Um, but as the season's progressed and has he's sort of developed with his own sort of temperament and, and being able to do the, you know, I'll, I'll take the dump offs. I'll take the, the medium stuff um, and not just try and sling it every single play. Yeah. And the, the, you know, he's looked way better and, and the Chiefs <laughs> offense. Unbelievable, way, isn't it? Yeah. Crazy. That's so, I mean, the other big factor in this one is that last game, Orlando Brown was injured in warmups mm. between the two. So Joe Tooney moved across that reshuffle the whole, whole offensive line. Yeah. It's not ideal. Um, you got to imagine that I, the Chiefs could be a bit more solid with a, with an operating O line. It, it usually helps, and that O line that we talked about in the off season, how much they have improved it, and they really did. Like mm. the two rookies they took, is it? Um, oh, it's Creed Humphrey. Is it Trey Smith? I want to say Trey Smith, but I may be absolutely embarrassing myself there. It's definitely Creed Humphrey. Yeah, Creed Humphrey, you've nailed. <laughs> got it. Got home, it. Absolute home run, mate. I, I've absolutely. Um, I don't know what the fuck's happened there. Can't use my laptop. Uh, let's try again. Trey Smith, American football guard for the Kansas City Chiefs. Boom, bam. boom, He's boom, boom. It. He's absolutely done it. But yeah, they've, they've looked good. And uh, yeah, I, I can't look past the Chiefs. I think, well, especially when they're playing like how they did against Buffalo that were the number one defence in the league coming into the game. Mm. And it's like, right, yeah, when, what, when the chips are down, you they've been there enough times now that you just know they're going to find a way to win those big games. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I, I would say, yeah, like I said, not controversial take at all, but I think this is a couple of years. This has oh, happened right, a couple fine, of years. I'll put the Bengals then. Too it's too controversial. Yeah, thanks for the boring takes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this is this game's a couple of, couple of years too soon for the Bengals as a, as a one, team. One juggernaut across the pitch, too yeah. many. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I can't look past the Chiefs in this one. Okay, uh, let's move on to the NFC the Championship side. game and Sean McVay 0-6 against Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Which is apparently the talking point now, Oof. especially after they blew the lead last time in week 18, to let the San Francisco 49ers into the playoffs. That, I mean, what a story if they then lose it as well in the in the championship game. They've literally only got themselves to blame. And I've, I really don't know what to think about this. I was so... I mean, I watched, me and Joe watched the, the Rams game, the Rams-Bucks game, and I was really, really impressed with the Rams. And then they did everything, <laughs> everything possible in their power to lose that game. It's like they're actively trying to lose, um, and it absolutely—it's terrified me. Honestly, because I, 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 I was thinking at the time, like, okay, yeah, it, it depends who wins out the other team, other matchup. But I, I can see the Rams in current form, you know, not going to be a problem. They'll be in the Super Bowl. Mm. And now looking at it after that second half, I mean, Stafford and, and Cup obviously come up clutch to to set up the game-winning field goal and, and to yeah. get them out of the hole that they built, um, not those two players, the team. I, I can't, I'm, I'm leaning 49ers in this one, you honestly. And, and I never remember, thought I'd say you that. Were a wild card round. You, were, you went I off was, against 49ers yeah. having no chance against the um, Capitals. I told you they were a good team. Yeah. and Especially on defence. Well, that's that's the thing. Like I've still, you know, not convinced in any way, shape, or form by Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's the thing. He's, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. It feels harsh, but it just depends on when that classic and how that classic Jimmy mistake happens. Yeah, because it's going to happen at some point. He reminds me; he's almost like for me the new. You remember the Dalton scale that, that people used to talk about in terms of how you yeah. measure a quarterback? I feel like it's almost it's almost in the realms of the Garoppolo scale now. Like he's he's yeah. he's decent. He's fine. He's not going to cost you a game. He's not going to win you a game. Actually, I feel he's. He's different though because he he has moments of absolute can clutch. do bloopers actually really good in the clutch like last two minute drives yeah that's surprisingly fair. good at those but yeah blooper city as well it's just yeah it it's a weird one and but then it's just like and it's weird as well because you know it's Carl Shanahan from from the the twenty eight three Super Bowl with with Brady like where everyone was like he went too way too conservative with his play all, calling all of that branch does Sean McVay does the same thing mm. as well like they that. They they're a little they get a little scaredy cat and yeah. they sort of tie up lean on lean it. on this run game now which is fine, but not when it continues to not work. Yeah, when they've stacked the box and it's you're like oh still gonna do it. Ooh, you're gonna stop me exactly and then they do get stopped. Yeah, um, I, think, I think the difference is that the Rams with Matt Stafford do have that added element of what they can do in the passing game. Yeah, well I mean and 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 that was the difference right? We saw it that you can sum up with that play like they were in a, a world of trouble. And then Stafford uncorks a perfect deep ball to, to Cooper Cup, which mm. gets them out of it and puts them into this game. And if that if that's the re- but the reason they signed Stafford is not to do with the regular season; it's to make those plays mm. in the playoffs and to carve the Bucks defense up like he was early in that game. Yeah, and I mean, like it goes without saying, but and it's not a dig at Jared Goff, but if that they're in the same situation and Jared Goff's your quarterback, you you don't play next week. Do you like, reckon it's, it's gone? if we don't have that chance I mean you're not that situation in the first place if we're being critical but if you swapped out for that play Jared Goff with Matty Stafford I mean vice versa sorry there's absolutely no way in hell the Rams win that game I don't think Mm. 
um, and you know you get what you pay for. Stafford's been brilliant for them, and, and he came up with a big moment there. I just feel both gutsy like... quarterbacks in this game actually, because Jimmy Garoppolo playing hurt, and he, he doesn't yeah, mind. He doesn't mind that taking a hit. To be, to be fair, commended. Like these are two guys that will get hit if it. Like to be fair, Joe Burrow as well. I mean, I would say Pat Mahomes, but he's just a magician, so it doesn't really count in the same way. Yeah, he just do, just somehow escapes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 surprised. I've surprised myself with this, but I'm, I'm going to go 49ers in this game. I know you mean. I'm very tempted. I feel like it should be just easy to say Rams. Mm. But like the last game, I feel the Packers didn't stick to the run game as much as they could have when they were like... I think it was a missed ball. opportunity. I think so a little bit. I think the Rams... I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go Rams. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I want to believe that Matty Stafford could be the difference to push them over the line. I think that's fair. I mean, to, if if you look at it super objectively, you go, you know, Rams roster, 49ers roster, you know, I don't think there's really much of an argument that the Rams have got a better team than the yeah. 49ers. But on recent form, and you look at who impressed in their last game, in their latest game, and it's the 49ers by, by, yeah. by a mile. Like, the Rams really worried me. It yeah. went, went from such the a... The Rams' defense as well, the personnel they've got, Front side is fine. Mm-hmm. Mm, so they don't really have a proper nose tackle. Like the way they want to play doesn't necessarily fit the players they have. Yeah. Like because they lost Troy Hill and jo- um, John Johnson. Yeah. In the off season, they're missing that safety really that can that. cover in the slot. Because Taylor Rapp's fine, but he, he can't. And he's he, injured. Is he injured now? Yeah, he's off. He's out. Uh, okay, That's why they've had to bring back uh, Eric uh, Weddle. Oh, Weddle. Yeah, yeah. But he can't like. I mean, bless him. He's ancient. <laughs> John Johnson was able to like roll down and play a slot man to man. So you yeah. disca- like you don't do it all the time, but you're able to disguise it a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Troy Hill is one of their only other corners that can tackle. So he was able to play in the slot, let Jalen Ramsey play on the outside. Yeah. But now you've got to play Jalen Ramsey in the slot because mm. the other guys can't tackle as well, and especially against a team that will run to the edges like the 49ers. Yeah. You're leaving guys that aren't fantastic players. Yeah. Unfortunately, one on one with people like. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who have been really, really, impressive really good down the stretch this season. I mean, I mean, to be fair, Debo Samuel has been pretty much impressed from the word go this season. Yeah, uh, but Ayuk's really picked up as well. Um, I think I'm going to go Rams though. Yeah, that may that really. may change in the group chat before kickoff. A last minute, last minute switcheroo. Yeah, just depends. Depends. Don't know how I'm going to feel. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with 49ers. All right, that's good to hear. All right, nice, nice, nice. Good, good show. Good show. I'll be whistled through it. Because we're pros, mate. We are pros. Pro equipment out as well. Yeah. Uh, hear the difference. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That brings us to the end of today's show. Make sure you check out all of our social medias at The Dropback on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, thedropback.com. Articles, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. I've been Sam. I've been Matt. And until next time, see you later. Bye. The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson.